rewire your thoughts. You can reprogram your mind. How else can you do this? And that's when I was kind of introduced to um, other holistic methods like EFT, emotional freedom therapy, which is also tapping in NLP. And I started doing this and I started doing that. And all these things were working because trust me, we had done the counseling, you know, we we had done all the kind of in the box things to, to make everything work, but nothing ever had the way these things were for me. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another week of the Tea Please podcast. I'm your host, Sarah. Super, super glad you're here. Um, I have been working through tech issues like all day. My cord for my stupid mic was not working. Editing software is not working. Things are not working. And I would like to throw technology away at this point. But here we are. We're making it happen. And we're just going to, you know, get through this intro. And I really think you'll enjoy this episode. Um, We talk a lot about mental health here. If this is your first time listening, if it's not your first time listening, then you know this already. So here's a for real check-in. I was not doing the best last week or like towards the end of last week. I just had like a really big meltdown on Thursday just thinking about like, just annoyed that I had a lot of stuff to do and I didn't want to do any of it. Just a lot of stuff on the to-do list. And we ended up taking a little trip to the mountains just for one night, spending the night. Um, Our friends had a campsite that they weren't using that they let us use. So thank you guys for that. It was great. Um, And while we were on that little like overnight trip, Taylor and I were just really thinking about like the balance is off. Like there's not anything more that we can cut out of our to-do list but we don't feel like we have like full control over our lives really and we're not spending our time the way we want to like hopefully all the things that we're working on will get us more time freedom financial freedom in the future but there's just a lot going on right now and we get stuck in the pattern of like just doing the to-do list items because they never 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 end and we just realized that we were not doing enough stuff that actually makes us happy and actually like fills us up and makes us feel like we are enjoying our lives. Like it's just, we don't want to grind it out all the time, but we need to make a cognizant effort to have fun and plan fun things. Otherwise we'll just be go, go, go machine mode. And that does not feel good. I hate it. And I inevitably get really worked up and have a really, really bad day if I'm thinking about it. So that is a new revelation from this weekend is I'm really going to make an effort to do more things that make me happy and not just the to-do list items. Like the balance was just off. Doing too much stuff we don't care about, not enough stuff that we do care about. So we're going to get there. Balance is key. Awareness is key. Now we know how to make things a little bit better for ourselves. And it's pretty great that the solution is to have more fun. Do more fun things. I mean, that's a great revelation. So on the topic of like finding things that bring us joy and purpose in life, I want to tell you about an event that's coming up with some really cool people over at Ever Widening Circles. We had 
co-founder Liesl on the podcast, episode 21. Um, She talks about the conspiracy of goodness and news outlets and how we can really take control of the algorithm and, you know, shift the narrative on the negativity that we see in the news and how we really need to focus on hope and all of the good things that we can accomplish if we come together for the greater good and we can really create the world that we want instead of this like doom and gloom business that is like kind of informative but mostly not helpful (laughs) so basically there's this shift happening in the world right now and people are definitely feeling like they want to start living with a purpose they're wondering what that is i know i have absolutely been on the journey to finding what my purpose is like what can I contribute to the world that fills me up and also helps people in some capacity? There's a lot of people out there that are feeling this way, but it can be really hard to find what that thing is. Where do you find your purpose? Like that's the ultimate question. Like what is my purpose in life? What is the point? And that's what Ever Widening Circles is bringing through this event on October 10th. It's a Sunday um, and it's their second annual Conspiracy of Goodness Summit. Sounds great. It's an afternoon of short, powerful, interactive sessions, live Q&A. You are just going to feel so re-energized. You'll have tools and insights to help you develop your own roadmap to living your purpose. And most importantly, this is going to be able to connect you with other individuals who are on the same page. They want to support you and they want to move the needle on people living out their purpose because that's going to help us all. Bottom line, people are solving the world's biggest problems still think the future is bright and we need to know what they know. We need to be talking about hope, the people that have solutions to these big problems we don't know how to solve. That's what we need to be focusing on, not like, oh, there's another forest fire and we don't know what to do. There's some people that know what to do. We just need to listen to them. And that's what this event is about. You can directly learn from their experiences, connect with community of other purpose-driven people, who will celebrate and amplify your path to a positive, purposeful life. This event is your place to connect, collaborate, and if you're up for it, change the world with remarkable people who are all a part of the Conspiracy of Goodness community. Join us Sunday, October 10th, 12 to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Go to cogsummit.com for more info and click the link in the show notes for a little discount for you. So I want to tell you about our weekend because I had posted a few stories about it and people were saying like oh rocket looked so calm car camping um because we like brought our car to the campsite we didn't get a tent set up or anything this time we just were planning on sleeping in the car thinking that rocket would be a little more like comfortable in that setting because he is not an outside dog you guys like he is a hollywood dog he would like to be treated as such so he does not like when we take him camping but we are not going to just stay home because he doesn't want to go so he gets to come with and he just doesn't like it we woke up so many times because he was just wanting to get up and literally go home we let him out to go potty and he just starts running down the road literally just trying to go home so while he did absolutely make the trip probably 75% more stressful because it's just like having this little anxious creature with you that you have to take care of at all times. Pacing in the car 24-7, like if the car is parked, if it's not parked, like he just is moving around. He's not comfortable, just anxious energy all the time. As someone, aka me, who has um, 
trouble with boundaries and picking up other people's emotions or other creatures' emotions in this case, I pick up on his stress level. I mean, it's hard not to. If you're with him for like five minutes when he's like this, you would feel it. But I'm just really sensitive to that. And so I really have to be careful. Like it just impacts my ability to relax when he's like this. But we didn't want to stay home. So we took him with. Um, So all that to say, Instagram is not reality and Rocket was not the best behaved, but he did all right. It was still really refreshing to be out in the mountains and I it was really cool because it was like we got to visit fall for a little bit because it's still pretty warm here in Denver. Fall really hasn't hit. We've gotten like a few glimpses of it with the temperature dipping a little bit, but in the in the mountains it's like full-blown fall. Um like yellow aspens, orange leaves, like so many pretty colors, cool temperatures, definitely full-blown fall. So it was cool to like kind of visit for a while and know that that's going to be coming to us in a few weeks. Definitely felt re-energized and just relaxed and happy to be in nature and ready to, you know, take on the week. Until we started the journey back home and we're going up this really big hill that you have to go over when you're coming back to Denver from the mountains. And something happened to our car and there was like a popping noise. It sounded and felt like we had run over something and then just smoke. (laughs) So much smoke coming out the back of the car. And we immediately pulled over and looked under the car and it looked like some type of belt had burst. And basically we were not, not going anywhere in this car. And we still have Rocket with us. He is not pleased with the last 24 hours. We're two hours from home. And um, yeah, our car totally broke down and we can't go anywhere. Luckily, a tow truck pulls over pretty quickly and find out that he's just been working that particular section of the road all day. He said that like seven other cars just that day had blown out on that road because it's just really intense to get up the road. So older cars or like cars that, I don't know, cars just die on that road. It eats all the cars. And ours was one of them on this particular Saturday. So of course I'm trying to stay calm and I have Rocket and I'm a little bit worried because I'm like, I he does not do well in like places that he is not familiar with, meaning like different cars. Like it's just gonna be chaos trying to get home at this point, and we all know that. So Taylor comes back from talking to the tow truck and he's like, Okay, like it's gonna be okay. We're gonna get home. We're both just trying not to freak out because we know that we have to be calm. It was very much like a instant like problem solving mode like we have to just fix what's going on and figure out what to do next because my cousin was staying with me just for the night um later that evening just on their way through town so we had to get back so that we could be there when they got here um so we did not have a lot of wiggle room in terms of timing to get all of this sorted out so the tow truck ends up taking our truck back to the mountain town and Then we get a ride with a really nice semi-truck driver. Thank you, Ken, the semi-truck driver. Um, Super, super kind. There is no cell service on this road. So I was looking on how to like call a taxi or an Uber, like even if it's like $150, which is what it would have been. Um, No service. There's we were just stuck there. So Ken, the semi-truck driver, saves the day. He pulls over, which is so kind because he lost all of his momentum getting up this massive hill to pick us up. Um, I mean, we looked very non-threatening, like I'm with Rocket. It's just like Taylor and I and Rocket. Very, very like safe people to pick up. I hope we gave off that vibe. And this is very not like me. I should add that. I would 
this is not like my preferred mode of transportation or getting picked up by people I don't know. Um, but because I was with Taylor and he has experience like traveling this way, I felt safe doing it. And I know that if we didn't feel safe with this person, then we wouldn't have ridden with them. But um, he was just passing through on his way to Chicago and said that he would take us down to Denver. So it's like a two hour um, trip from where we were at to Denver. And it was pretty great. He had a little dog with him that he travels with. Her name was Sadie. She's like a little Chihuahua dachshund mix. And um, we just chatted with him. I learned a lot about like career as a truck driver. He was like a war vet, retired, but um, just wanted something to do and was making good money doing this. Um, he was so cute and funny and he was like telling us how all the brakes work and literally like braking and showing us how every single brake works and just talking about like, truck driver problems you know but super super kind man and then we get closer to Denver and we were like you can just drop us off wherever we can get an uber from here because we're close enough and he was like no 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 like I can take you close if it's not too far off of like his normal route um so he took us like so close to our house or our apartment and um Rocket did okay he just sat in my lap the whole time and then he has not moved at all today so the next day he's just like totally done with us really kind of upset that we put him through that in the first place but it was definitely an adventure and I'm pretty proud of how we handled it we were pretty calm the whole time both of us just went into like problem solving mode let's do what we need to do to get where we need to be safely and that's what we did and I'm just I'm proud of that so very not what we expected for this little weekend trip there was definitely some stressful things that happened but overall very worth it to still get out and do it I think that can be like what stops me from doing stuff like that more often is because I think about how much work it is to pack up the car and get everything you need for a camping trip and how to drive there and just the time it takes and logistics can be overwhelming so I end up like not wanting to do anything but even though we had Rocket who was going crazy we spent like five hours prepping for just one night and then our car died on the way home which is pretty terrible and not what we wanted at all very stressful still worth it worth it to get out there and worth it to connect with nature and just have time away from screens and just enjoy each other's company I feel like the whole weekend was really just to show me like yes stuff is going to come your way that you are not expecting it's going to be a little bit stressful at times but overall it's still worth it And from a mental health perspective, it helps. It helps to get out there and it helps to like deal with shit that comes up that you're not expecting, get to the other side of it and being like, hell yeah, I just got through all that and I'm fine. That's empowering. Speaking of empowering, our guest this week is Ashley Holt. She is a public speaker, a coach, and an author. And she is talking to us all about some tools that she has used that has helped her feel empowered and really enjoy her life to the fullest after going through some tough stuff. She talks through her experience with divorce and just reprogramming some of the thought patterns that she was noticing in herself that was really holding her back. So we're talking about two different types of therapies. One of them is called EFT. Um, It stands for Emotion Focused Therapy. And then the other one is NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming. Um, So she talks a lot about her personal experience with these two modalities that really helped her get through a tough divorce and heal from being in an abusive, toxic relationship. Of course, not every tool that we hear about is going to be one that we 
are like really feeling connected to. Um, I've personally not dabbled in either one of these, but I love learning about them. I like knowing that there are tools out there because they're going to help someone. And I think it's really powerful to hear from someone who has struggled with anxiety, depression, toxic relationships, um, like someone who's really had a history and, and had to process some really tough things and how they did it. Because um, I think no matter what your story is, whether it's relational or like you have a relationship story that's similar to hers or not, we love to hear about people healing and overcoming really tough, tough struggles. And that is what this episode is. Really excited for you to hear from Ashley. She's a gem. She's so bright and energetic and sparkly. I think you'll really love her. Let's get into it. self-development journey or a big self-development journey and just learning what self-love is when I was at my darkest, hardest time. And that led me to a career I wasn't expecting. I had a 20-year background in sales and marketing. And one day I started writing books and I thought it was just going to be a creative project between me and my daughter. And then that ended up being a published book. And then I kept going from there. So I'm sure we'll kind of dive into some of that. But I am just had my newest release of Goddess Wake Up. So that is claim your power, recognize your highest potential, and live your best goddess-inspired life. And it's really about the 20-day, 28-day goddess mindset transformation. Well, what I originally did, I had a book called Shatterproof. And I really dove into my deepest, darkest moments and what that looks like. And it was I worked so hard on it for probably a couple of years, actually. I'm sure that was so fun, like going into the deepest, darkest thing. Yeah, it was uh, definitely a healing journey in itself, just getting all of that out of me. And then it was done and I could not bring myself to publish it. And I sat with myself for so long, just like, why can't I put this out there? And then it hit me that this was my past. And this isn't who I was anymore. So it had taken me so long to write it and I had become a completely different person in the process of writing it. And I decided I completely wanted to change my message. So there's a, you know, cliche message that says your mess is your message. But I was like, this, this was a mess. <laughs> and it's kind of, it is my message, but I feel like it's something bigger than this. So I looked at it and I thought, how did I overcome it? Because that's what everyone wants to know, right? Like Mm -hmm. everyone has their own stumbles and falls and traumas and everything they have to overcome. But what's important is how are you actually going to overcome it? So I looked at everything and I sat with myself and I had to say, how did I? And so I tried to do the best I could to narrow that down to seven main steps. And that has become the seven key steps of the Goddess Mindset Transformation. So I turned that into the book instead of all the dark and all the pain, which is still important to talk to, talk about and talk to in the right conversations. But I didn't want that necessarily to be the legacy of, of what I was trying to do. I wanted it to be healing and I wanted yeah. it to be positive. There's enough darkness in the world. There's enough pain in the world. It didn't need any more, right? <laughs> and I'm sure you like work through that in the framework, like in what your end result was, but I can understand like not wanting to put something out there. I mean, I think of the same thing just with like how we show up on social media and like people want to be relatable and they want to like talk through like the good and the bad on social media. Like that's what we want people to do these days. But it's like kind of hard. Like people don't talk about the negative online because it's hard. Like not because they necessarily want to hide it, but it's like 
who wants to spend so much time like dwelling on that and like again like the legacy like this is who I am I don't want that to be like how you see me that's exactly I didn't want it that I didn't want the pain to define me Mm -hmm. because it doesn't anymore it did at one point I thought it did and then it took but it took writing it and getting it all all of it out of me to kind of realize that too so it was an interesting journey and again I am an open book and I'm very vulnerable and raw and truthful about you know my ups and downs and stumbles and falls and imperfections and all of that because I do not want to be that woman that people say oh well she's never been through anything she's yeah. never had any hard times because that is not the truth <laughs> so it's not to hide what happened it's just to to put it out there in, in a bigger light and what was more important is how to overcome things any obstacle because at the end of the day my story might be different than everyone else's, but I can guarantee you the emotions behind it were all the same, and that being powerlessness, hopelessness, feeling worthless, feeling like you don't matter, feeling like you don't have a purpose, feeling stuck. I definitely want to ask a little a little bit more in detail of like when when did you really feel like things changed for you or when did you decide to change things for yourself? Like what were some of those hardships and when did you like really notice a change in like how you were and how like the actions that you were taking to now get to where you are now where you're like coaching women on this stuff and seeing them rise up and doing similar things how did you actually like process through that well I love what you just said basically when did you make the choice to change or you when did things change for you yeah or when did you make the choice to change them and ding 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 that's the that's the winning ticket right there because you have to choose to change things because life is hard and life is going to throw all sorts of things at you until you decide no more, right? Like no more. I say no to this. And that's part of this self-love journey because tell me where you are again. I'm in Colorado, Denver. You're in Colorado. Okay. Well, so I, I am back and forth between Birmingham, Alabama and Nashville, Tennessee. So I'm in the deep South and you know, there's a lot that kind of goes along with that stereotype of, of being a little submissive, especially, um, you know, in marriage or, or to the to a male dominant figure. Yeah. And for me, I was in a, in a toxic marriage and I was being demeaned uh, and devalued every single day. And deep in my heart, I knew I was not supposed to be there. But I was really torn with, you know, a, a, a very deep Southern belief system that you don't divorce, like you don't divorce, mm-hmm. you know, you are, that's a, a sinful thing to do. And I was really struggling because I, I, I had an ego attachment myself to that. I was a, you know, a Christian woman who wanted to put my family first. The and, image is important. To, yeah. Yeah. And, and so to, to divorce, I felt like that was not an option. And I felt a, a lot of shame and guilt around that. Uh, but at the same time struggling with, but this is not healthy for me. Like how can staying be a holy thing to do? So that was a, a big struggle for me, and I went through a lot of judgments when when I did have to finally make that decision. So many people just judge divorce without knowing the story behind it. And so, if anything, you know, have grace for people and know that there's always kind of a story behind the story, or what seems to look perfect and pretty from the outside. There, there's so much more going on, and to have grace for people during that time. 
I think most people I think do. we're getting there. I definitely think the conversation is changing and putting a different spin on, on divorce and seeing that as like an opportunity to find something better and yeah, getting out of a terrible situation because like whoever, no one says they want to get divorced or I don't, I've never heard of someone who's really? like, yeah, it was a great divorce and it was very amicable and it was fine. Like, no, it's a terrible, like awful experience that if you're making the choice to go through that, like obviously you've thought about it. Yeah, and social media, you know, it's a tough place. I know there's a lot of, you know, social media bullying that goes on, but people, I would get, you know, people would find out I was getting divorced and send me inboxes that, you know, what a selfish woman I was. Like, how dare I, you know, wreck a family and, and I must be so selfish. And those things are very damaging to someone. You never know the real story behind yeah. it. And, you know, that's kind of a whole nother conversation. I can relate in a very like minuscule way in that I was in a toxic relationship for a while and it was like, obviously I, w it was like less than a year. So I was not like attached at the time or anything, you know, like we hadn't, I was just like, all right, I'm done with you. This is terrible. I just decided that I was worth right. more. So see you later. But if I was like attached to someone for a longer time, like mentally, that's gotta just really kind of wreck you in a lot of ways and the beliefs that you have about yourself and like confidence and all of that. What was that like? That's a great lead in because like you're, you know, you don't wake up one day and just say, oh, I'm going to get divorced, you know? So yeah. it, you know, it had been at least a year, maybe longer where, you know, to know me then and to know me now is <laughs> completely different people. Yeah. Um, somehow, some way I was introduced to positive affirmations and it took me about a year of building my strength up and my mental strength up to to build my confidence up, to even know it was an option or to think I could do it. So one way I did that was through- um, To use affirmations? Affirmations was, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I cannot even tell you. I will say, I mean, swear that it saved my life. If they had not been introduced to me, I would not be here right now being able to do the things I was able to do. So somehow I found them and I started reading them, right? And you just read them. And then kind of the next step is to speak them out loud. And when I started speaking them out loud, that's really when I started noticing a shift in what I was willing to um, accept and in my power coming back to me. And then I started doing all this research. I just became like a camel in the desert for water. And so I just started reading all these self-development books and watching all these motivational speakers and talks and just anything I could do that would empower or nourish my soul. And I was getting mm -hmm. stronger and stronger and stronger. And then I started somehow during all this research, like why, are, I was really intrigued. Why are these affirmations working? Like this seems kind of silly, right? And I think a lot of people think, oh, well, that's kind of silly. But when you do the research, and this is a fun fact, did you know you can learn another language in your in your sleep? So like if you were no. on Chinese while you sleep at night and you did it for a significant amount of time, you would start like knowing Chinese through your subconscious. Uh -huh. Uh, okay. Isn't that interesting? I haven't tracked yeah. that part, but when I read that, I thought, wow, what if I did affirmations like that? What if I listened to them for eight hours at night? I wonder what will happen. And so I just tested it one night and the next morning feeling a little different. <laughs> I don't know what happened that day. I just remember I wasn't so sad and I didn't feel so worthless and I didn't feel so lonely. I didn't feel so unsupported. Like, you know, and then I did it for a significant amount of time and that's when it kind of clicks that there's something to 
you can rewire your thoughts. You can reprogram your mind. How else can you do this? And that's when I was kind of introduced to um, other holistic methods like EFT, emotional freedom therapy, which is also yeah. tapping in NLP. And I started doing this and I started doing that. And all these things were working because trust me, we had done the counseling, you know, we had, yeah. we had done all the kind of in the box things to, to make everything work, but nothing ever had the way these things were for me. All of those techniques, the, the affirmations, the EFT, the NLP, they completely changed who I was from the inside out. They, they literally rewired my brain. And so that has become a huge belief for me and a huge mission for me is to to introduce other women to these things that work because they are hard to find and and, you know Mm -hmm. and and if they are you kind of think that's silly like that's not gonna work but they do and yeah and having like I think what you were saying about like counseling or therapy or whatever and I think sometimes like a setting like that can help you get to the decision like maybe that like helped you make the decision to actually go through with the divorce or you know the tactical things that you need to do to like get your physical self in a better situation but then you're left with the mental and it's like our brain does have patterns and patterns of thinking that it will like always go back to so I really like that you found things that can actually like help rewire it and that's why I wanted to ask you more about like the EFT and NLP I've heard about NLP, but I don't think I know very much about EFT. Is there like steps or like a specific process that you do to implement that? Yes. Oh my goodness. I can tell you so much. And, and, and I do want to put a disclaimer out there. I am not knocking counseling by oh, any means. Oh, no, no, no. I'm in therapy. I'm like all for it. I think they're both helpful. I had just never heard of any of these other things. And I just want, I, at the time of my divorce, I was 36, 37, so... I just want to kind of put it out there for awareness purposes. It might work for you. It might not. You know, everything affects different people um, according to, you know, whatever their specific needs are. But for me, it's so important that I just put those out there because I wish I had known earlier. So EFT, it's basically considered like a psychological acupuncture. So have you ever done acupuncture? No, I'm the needles. I can't get past it. I haven't either. I haven't either. So, but it's based on the Chinese meridian energy system. So that is the belief or the science that there's these energy centers in the body that store basically negative energy or emotions, stress, anxiety. You just have certain tension points in the body where things tend to build up. So it's psychological acupuncture because it focuses on those meridian points. But you don't use needles. Good. So it's not scary and it's not painful. So if anyone's doing acupuncture, you should definitely try EFT. Um, but you you tap. brings you back kind of into the present moment. I'll tell you my experience with it. I personally used it for anxiety, for uh, lack of confidence or worth, and grief. So those are pretty strong emotions. I have worked with people, and I just did a podcast with another EFT um, practitioner this week, and she actually used it to um, eliminate her sugar addiction. Or So people have used it for deep trauma and emotions that go along with that, but it's also addictive behaviors because, again, that is a subconscious and a subliminal reaction to something mm-hmm. else, right? So you can do it for these deep emotions, but you can do it for 
weight loss, you can do it for sugar addictions, anything like that. It's also uh, an approved therapy method for war veterans and a lot of people with PTSD. There's, there's been several tests, but one that sticks out in my mind that I like to share is it was a five-year-long study with over 5,000 patients. And it reduced anxiety by 90%, and then it completely eliminated it in 76%. But basically, you connect your mental state to your physical body, and you acknowledge how you're feeling. So you kind of say, for example, I am feeling completely worthless right now, but I completely love and accept myself. So you kind of have to take your power back from anything that's going on in the mm. external world. This is also great with teenagers. So I have a, a my oldest is going to be a freshman in high school and uh, middle school, high school, these yeah. are tough ages, especially when you're dealing with gossip and rejection and body image and testing. So it's so great for, in my opinion, teen girls. That's what I have. So a lot of the times you're dealing with a lot of traumatic situations that this is coming up for. So it is very important for, for your first few times to, to work with a practitioner so you can get the right verbiage in your mind. Because you're, you're having negative thoughts about yourself, um, self-limiting beliefs, traumatic flashbacks, and you have to ex accept that it's okay mm -hmm. to have those, right? Like it's okay if I just had a huge like emotionally abusive situation I have to first like be aware and accept that that's what's going on because denial is not going to mm -hmm. do anyone any good um, so you have to acknowledge what you're feeling and then you have to flip the script into what is really happening and you have to put it pull it back inside of you because that nothing outside of you is necessarily going to fix it you have to to bring it in and say okay well is this really my truth I'm worthless but I completely love and accept myself. Am I really worthless? Mm -hmm. No. What's the truth? And so you kind of have to talk yourself through like, what's the truth? And then you start speaking the truth to yourself while doing these tapping methods. And so what it does, and I know it's strange and it's unbelievable, but it's so powerful. And you can do it yourself once you learn how to do it um, at any time, at any moment, whenever you need it and you have immediate results. So you go through this one minute practice of this tapping and then you take you, there's some breathing methods involved as well um, and then you say okay how do I feel so maybe when I first began I was a two but now after one minute of just like bringing it in accepting that I have power to change the situation and acknowledge what the truth really is versus my moment of fear or worthlessness or whatever the emotion might be you're able to okay say okay I feel I, I do feel better and maybe you're a four. And so you just keep doing it until you get back to where you feel stable again. And you know, this all goes back the truth of just the physical touch, right? So think about a baby who's upset and crying at night. And what does the mother do? They pick it up and they tap it on the back. So in EFT, you do it here. But it's very similar. Basically, it's your heart. Space. Yeah. I think it makes sense for a few different reasons because even like the memory aspect, like, your brain is thinking certain things like if you're trying to memorize something for a test or whatever you might have some weird thing that you do to remember and I know a trick for memory is by adding like a physical movement to it so it makes sense that your brain is triggered if you're doing these like repetitive motions and attaching like positive affirmations to them then your brain is going to have like a stronger connection to what you're speaking to yourself 
which is cool. Yes, exactly. It brings everything into alignment. And the more you do it, the more your body gets associated yeah. with this touch. So maybe, you know, I can't really remember, but my first session, it probably was a 30 minute session. Now if I can go through one rotation and I'm like, okay, because now it's a habit and my, my mind associates that with comfort. But guess what? I, I had to do it. You know, I didn't have to mm-hmm. go outside of me to do it. And that's what's so important is to learn these self-empowering tools that we can use and put in our toolbox so we can heal ourselves. Well, I want to ask you a question and I don't know, feel free to not answer it, but I'm curious because you mentioned that you have um, like a religious background and you identify like as a Christian woman and that image was like difficult for you to come out of. So I'm curious, like some of what you're talking about might be considered like woo-woo. How do you see your faith and these tools like working together to help you? It's a great, great question. And I struggled with an abusive relationship. And I kept looking for something outside of me to fix it. So what did that really look like? Dear God, please change him. Please make him love me. Well, here, here's what, in my experience, I learned. It wasn't that God wasn't listening to me, but he, he couldn't change someone who didn't want to change. I couldn't expect an outside force, meaning the God outside of me, to change someone else. I had to connect to the God within me that spoke to me and said, take care of take care of yourself because you're worth it. I made you to be worthy yeah. of love. And I really appreciate you speaking to that and sharing your perspective. I, I really like that you have experiences with both because I think oftentimes we find like really spiritual people that are more into like the woo-woo side of things and then don't have like the the Christian beliefs or whatever, like their upbringing is different. But you really have both, which I think is beautiful and like really a, a testament to like pulling the resources that you have and like you can have both so if you do have like religious beliefs like you don't have to say no to some of these other tools that could potentially help you because as we're talking through it you learn more about like the science of it and how our brains are actually wired to react to these types of things which makes perfect sense yes and you know i'm so glad you said that too because during EFT, when I do that still to this day, there's never a time I feel more connected to my highest purpose Mm -hmm. than those moments. So that's EFT, the meridians on your body. So tell us a little bit about NLP. This is such a great lead into what we're just talking about because I said, you know, during these things is when I felt most connected because NLP, like the simplest way I could explain it, looks at your past experiences Generally, your negative past experiences, your traumas, you know, the things that you couldn't control that have happened to you. And those experiences caused you to have belief systems about yourself and about the world and your perspective on everything. And that affects your neural pathways, which affects, of course, your conscious behavior. So your past experiences, plus the beliefs that formed because of the negative things that happened cause conscious behaviors and they cause subconscious behaviors. And what are those? They're they're behaviors that hold you back. They're behaviors that cause fear. They're behaviors that cause uh, low self-esteem or uh, low self-worth generally. Like think about people who have have come negative experiences. Mm -hmm. Usually those are holding you back. And then you walk around in this bubble because now our perspective of our true potential has been skewed. 
because we're giving power to the trauma. We're not giving power to the potential or, or the purpose of what we're really here for. So let me give you an example. <laughs> yeah. this is, it's a complicated subject, right? So I grew up and I had, I had a very great childhood compared to 95% of the world, right? My dad was extremely optimistic. He um, loved me to death, but he was always at work and he's always traveling. So my mom was the, my dominant caretaker. Well, she was the complete opposite. So she was very not affectionate, very emotionally not available. And that's where mm -hmm. I was spending most of my time. So I grew up, my, my memories of my childhood, the negative ones are, I felt like I was always in the way. I was always ruining everything. And I was, you know, the problem or I didn't feel wanted and she was very like not affectionate. So like it was seen yeah. and not heard. So I don't want to hear you just kind of be here. A few years ago, I was at my childhood home, childhood house, and I was looking for something in a drawer and I found a letter I had written to my mama and the, the date was on it for some reason, but I was about 11 and it said, dear mom, I am sorry mm -hmm. I ruined your life. And so I read that. I think my daughter was about the same time. As, as when I read this and I was like, my daughter will never write this letter mm -hmm. to me. What was happening? What was going on that I felt the need or that I ruined someone's life? Like there's some trauma there, right? So something I grew up with a self-belief that I was unlovable. So when I started doing this NLP work, I had to go back. It's kind of like meditation and hypnosis had a baby. Cool. <laughs> so it's not as strong as a hypnosis, but it is a deep meditative state where you have to go back and you recall these memories. And um, again, in simplest form, you kind of say, how can I see this differently mm -hmm. now? So what I was able to do was go back and rewire and reprogram those memories to, to now to be like, you know what? Look what a valuable teacher she was to me. Because I ended up Somehow, because of all these experiences, uh, my first books were children's books, and they're filled with positive affirmation. So I don't think it's an accident that a purpose I had in this life was to go and to write children's books filled with positive affirmations, because you never know what children are going through behind closed doors. And yes, they're in school, and they're learning math and English and history, and, and academics are extremely important. But what about the children that need love? What about the children that need some mm -hmm. self-worth? What about the children need to know they matter. So I, I can look back on that experience now and say, I am so grateful for that. And I don't have like anger and resentment and frustration around it anymore, which I was kind of operating off of for yeah. a long time. Right. And that was hurting me in all of my relationships. So when I was able to kind of go back and rewire and reprogram and see it differently and basically be grateful for what happened to me and turn it into something good, that was part of my purpose and part of the, the bigger plan, you're able to, again, now I can look back on that experience, right? I have a different belief system about it. And so now my, my mind and my brain is reprogrammed to have different conscious actions and different subconscious actions. Without it, I don't think I would be able to have <laughs> really the confidence to, to talk to the people I talk to now and, and to be confident in sharing that message. But it was so transformative for me. I, I have a, a really hard time holding all that in and not sharing it. Yeah, I think it makes complete sense. And I think like your experience with it is unfortunately relatable, <laughs> like whether it's with family issues or, you know, other traumatic experiences. And it makes sense that you would want to go to like 
a professional to help you walk through that because you're like literally revisiting traumatic experiences and then trying to reframe it. Tears are salt and salt is healing, right? So so if you're not crying during this process, then you're not, you're, there's no way you're really going to heal. So just know like when you go into this, it's going to bring up everything. But guess what? It needed to come up and it needed to to move out of your body, the new potential can come in. So the book is Goddess Wake Up. I say, claim your power, recognize your highest potential. So you got to clear out all the stuff that's keeping you stuck so you can call in your highest possibilities and your highest potential so you can move forward. I like hesitate to say everyone can relate in some way because we all have challenges and we all like, we all have patterns in our brain that are probably working against us subconsciously even, like for sure subconsciously, <laughs> that we don't know what's what our tendencies are and everything. So I think like everything that we've talked through so far and the book that you've written is no doubt helping so many people by giving them a framework and tools to dive into like what those things are and like tactical ways to counteract it. Our stories are pretty similar in that I did the same thing, like just drown myself in all of like the self-help personal development like I just wanted everything I was like yes tell me like what do we do here (laughs) because we have to change things so I love I love the work that you're doing and I definitely want to check out your book is it available where can we find it yes so it's on Amazon and then I also so you know going through a divorce and becoming a single mom (laughs) off the bat you usually don't have the money for empowerment coaching or workshops and all of these things right you're just trying to like keep food on the table so i try to make it really interactive so each chapter of the book has a youtube video to go along with it so it's just let let you be more personal with me because it's so important um yeah to have another face to talk to so you don't I remember feeling really alone and unsupported. Um, so please, like, if you get the book or if you don't get the book, just watch the videos and hopefully that will be helpful. And then most importantly, like, if you can't read the book or don't want to read the book, I do have a five-minute, I call it a daily inspiration, which is a five-minute meditation. And I call it the goddess mindset mantra. And it's filled, filled with affirmations to just connect you to your inner goddess and that with the intention that hopefully for those five minutes you can envision your highest self, your goddess self, doing the things you're here to do, to remember who you are, to remember what you're here to do, and to, to just get you through the rest of the day. So yes. you can listen to it on the way to work. You can listen to it before you go to bed, while you put on your makeup. Uh, but that's an integral part of those 28 days too. Awesome. I love it. I just feel like I need to add it costs nothing to like consider or to watch the five minute video. Like it costs you nothing in terms of time, commitment, or money to see if something works for you. And I feel the same with affirmations. We kind of talked about how like affirmations can have like a silly connotation or like whatever that's not, I used to do that. I like told people that I hated them and now I'm like, yes, give me all the cheesy stuff. Positivity makes a difference. Okay, cool. Well, the book's on Amazon and where can we find you? Like where can people connect with you online otherwise? Yeah, so on YouTube, it's Ashley Holt, author, speaker, coach. Instagram, it's Ashley underscore Holt. And Facebook, just Ashley Holt as well. And uh, if you if you get it, if you listen, I'd love to know the transformation. I know it does work. So just <laughs> tell me all the great miracles. That is it for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed listening. I hope you have a great, great, great week ahead. 
and I hope you continue to process through whatever it is you're working with. I hope you find tools that help you do that. I hope you connect with someone that really helps you feel seen and validated and heard this week. If you need someone to do that, DM me at the Tea Please Podcast. I'd love to chat with you. Love getting to know you guys. Go ahead and follow or subscribe. I don't know what the right word is now because I think Apple changed it, but do what you got to do to not miss an episode. They come out every single Monday, um, unless I'm on a season break, which we are not right now. And share this episode or any episode that you've loved from the Tea Please podcast with a friend. That is the best way that you can help your favorite podcaster. Share, share, share their episodes. Um, Tell anyone about it. That would be great. I'll talk to you guys in the next episode.